Yes, sir. Welcome in. It's another OEC Fiber Football Friday. I am here at the one, the only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. Another big weekend on tap here at Riverwind. Tonight we've got another great show at the Showplace Theater with Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr. Keep in mind what we had the last uh, two Fridays, only REO Speedwagon and Chicago. One band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Chicago. One band that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and probably will be someday in REO Speedwagon. And tonight we've got Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr on the stage at the Showplace Theater. We also have, of course, uh, a great opportunity all the time for you to have a great meal to dine here at Riverwind Casino, River Buffet. Friday night special is steak night. Uh, tomorrow night, Saturday night is seafood night. Sunday, a big-time brunch. We have Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, an outstanding food court as well here at Riverwind. Many dining options. And uh, once again, we also have the 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings coming up tomorrow night. Make sure for all these promotions you play with your wild card. Get those extra entries, and good luck. Hopefully, you will have your name called tomorrow night when uh, they give away all that cash and bonus play in the 50K Harvest Winnings promotion here at Riverwind. Parker Thune on the road again, more so than Willie Nelson. And uh, where are you today? That's right, Steely. I'm up here in, well, Mount Vernon, Ohio right now, which is about two hours north of Cincinnati. That's my stop for the day. I'm actually going to get a cool opportunity this evening because I'm going to head up to Alliance, Ohio, and watch three-star Oklahoma commit Brendan Zerbrug in action. So this will be about the farthest from home base that I've ever ventured for a game on a Friday night. But really excited to see Zerbrug in person. This is obviously a guy that uh, OU fans are aware of. They were aware when he committed. They took notice of it. It was notable after he was previously committed to Syracuse and then Northwestern. Obviously, you get the turmoil at Northwestern, and Oklahoma and Jeff Levy took advantage and were able to flip him pretty expediently there. But this is not somebody that many have seen in person. So really looking forward to what tonight holds as I get the chance to go out to Alliance and watch Zerbrug, who has had an excellent start to his senior year thus far, really looking like a strong eval for the Sooner staff. All right, we'll be talking a lot of recruiting, of course, during the show. We also have, as we always do on Friday, our 135 Visit with Brandon Drum on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Looking forward to that. Terry Bussey, September 28th. Uh, did the Sooners have a shot there? A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, and LSU. We'll get into that in a little bit. But, man, this game tomorrow, the Sooners and Cincinnati, going to be a test for Oklahoma. They're a two-touchdown favorite. Can they win and cover? And uh, Cincinnati, I know everybody's looking at, man, Miami of Ohio went in there to Nippert Stadium and won in overtime last week. And Emory Jones, you know, threw the ball to Miami a couple of times, including in the last play of the game. And uh, it was Miami winning in upset fashion. But the Sooners, again, this will clearly be their toughest test of the season to date. And they are going to be fired up, really fired up. You've got... Uh, Fox noon Saturday there, obviously, 11 a.m. kickoff. And uh, on the Plank Show, you heard from Cincinnati beat writer Keith Jenkins. Here's what he had to say. He says this is going to be a really big deal in the Queen City. This is huge, man. This is this is probably, I was thinking about this the other day, this is probably the second biggest game in program history. Um, the first is, is 
probably obviously the college football playoff semifinal against Bama two seasons ago. And the biggest win in program history is probably the win at Notre Dame uh, that season. But, yeah, this is huge, man. Look, Cincinnati and its fans has long have long looked at themselves um, as a Power 5 caliber school, Power 5 caliber athletic department, and now they finally have the conference association to go with it. They've been waiting for this moment. It's been a huge buildup the last several months. I mean, there's signs everywhere, a lot of big energy. Unfortunately, they lost last week to, to their rival Miami, not the one in Florida, but the one in Ohio. Um, that kind of knocked a little bit of energy off, off of this week. But nonetheless, it's still a really huge game against a top 20 opponent in Oklahoma, um, a top 10, arguably a top five program of all time. So there's a lot of big energy, and they can finally um, officially call themselves a Big 12 program. There you go, Keith Jenkins, beat writer for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Again, uh, talking about the atmosphere tomorrow at Nippert Stadium, one of the oldest stadiums in college football. So, Parker Thune, as you look at this matchup, what do you think the biggest key is? What are you really going to be watching for, particularly early in this game for OU tomorrow? Yeah, well, I think, as Brent Venables mentioned in his pregame press conference on Tuesday, this is a game that's going to be won and lost at the line of scrimmage. Cincinnati boasts an outstanding defensive line. They're not really outstanding anywhere else. Uh, They're above average at other position groups across the board. But that defensive front four in particular, led by the godfather Dante Corleone, really strong unit and one that's going to give Oklahoma problems if they don't stick to their assignments and if Jeff Lebby isn't in his bag scheming and play calling to get the Sooners' offense into gear early in this football game, it may be, much like Tulsa last week, it may be easier for the Sooners to establish the pass early on than the run in this football game. That's what I've got my eye on. It's really interesting to hear a take like that coming from the Cincinnati side, that this is the second biggest game in program history because – Granted, Cincinnati does not have a ton of tradition and prestige as a football program, but they've played in some big games before. Heck, they just about went to a BCS National Championship game back in the Brian Kelly era. So for this to be labeled the second biggest game in the history of the program by Keith Jenkins, I look, I'm not going to say I disagree with him because you know if he's from the Cincinnati side, he would have a better gauge on that than I would, but that really shows you that in their introductory season in the Power Five, there's a lot at stake for Cincinnati, and especially on the heels of a rivalry loss to Miami of Ohio, a team they had not lost to in two decades. Yeah, I I guess I can see it having a ton of bearing on the rest of their season that is ahead, but I, gosh, man, it makes, it makes you curious, doesn't it? Because if the folks in that locker room, if that Cincinnati locker room the folks that are going to put on the Cincinnati jersey on Saturday morning are taking this game as seriously as that particular beat writer Keith Jenkins seems to be, there's probably a little bit of extra motivation this weekend coming into this matchup against Oklahoma. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think it's uh, I think it's really about the first game in the Big 12. And not only that, you know, if you're bringing Iowa State in, or even if you're bringing Kansas State in, or whoever, 
you know, Texas could match Oklahoma's cachet, but let's face it, I mean, the Sooners have dominated this conference. The Sooners have 14 Big 12 championships. The rest of the league combined 15. So the Sooners, if they can somehow win it this year, they would equal the entire rest of the league in conference championships. So not only is it your first game in a Power 5 conference, you're moving up, you get promoted, you feel good about that, you get Fox Noon Saturday, you know, happening, and then you get, uh, you know, the, the, the crew there and all this national attention, and you're hosting the Kings of the Big 12, the Oklahoma Sooners. So, yeah, I guess I can see it. And, and I do think the biggest factor is, again, starting in a new league, moving up to the Power 5, and then you get the most prestigious program in the conference coming uh, to your home field. The Sooners, by the way, 2-0 all-time against Cincinnati back in uh, 2008. They won 52-26, and that game, of course, was in Norman. And then uh, in uh, 2010, they won uh, 31-29 in a tight game at Paul Brown Stadium. Not at Nippert Stadium, but at Paul Brown Stadium where the Bengals play. All right, uh, by the way, the uh, Keith Jenkins sound, that was our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now they're in the Tri-City area, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Their full-service clinics are great. They treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Also, our number one, as always, sponsored by our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405 405- Five seven nine thirty one thirteen. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company. Heating and air needs. You need those rectified. You need them solved. Uh, you know, over the summer, you probably had to tune up your AC. Well, be thinking about your furnace. Winter won't be too far away. Lasher Home Comfort Systems four zero five five seven nine thirty one thirteen. All right. So uh, once again, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It is a great, I mean, great weekend in college football. Last week was, you know. I don't want to say a snooze fest because a college football Saturday is never a total snooze fest. But if you were ranking that Saturday last week on a scale of 1 to 10, that's about a 4, maybe a 5 at best. This one's a good solid 9, Parker Thune, coming up tomorrow. Which of those games are you looking forward to the most? Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, Ole Miss, Alabama. Uh, you know, you've got some great matchups. Which one do you really have your eye on? Well, my question is, Steely, I, I think the one I have my eye on the most, as I mentioned yesterday, is Notre Dame-Ohio State because uh, that has the chance to shape a major narrative for both of those programs the rest of the way. I think Oregon handles business at home against Colorado, but uh, I'm really Really intrigued by what's at stake. And now I just completely spaced, Steely. What was the last game you mentioned? Well, let's see. I think it was Old Miss Alabama. Right? Old Miss Alabama. Had, there you uh, go. Florida I don't State, know why I spaced Florida State, out Clemson. There, but... Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, you know, the interesting thing, like in the Notre Dame-Ohio State thing, uh, you've got Notre Dame, you know, in previous years, uh, if they're playing Ohio State or another and one of these blue bloods, they usually don't have an edge at quarterback, and they clearly will have an edge at quarterback in this one. And then that Ole Miss-Bama matchup, for Alabama, it's clearly about, man, they got issues at quarterback at least right now. Yeah. Well, and when was the last time Alabama played a game at home in Tuscaloosa 
and the prospect of the opponent winning wouldn't be categorized as an upset? Because I don't know that it would with this Ole Miss team. If Ole Miss wins that game tomorrow, does that defy expectations? I would say at this point, no, it doesn't. And I think Ole Miss has a good chance to go into Tuscaloosa and do just that. So, again, quarterback play, particularly in the the SEC where everybody's got talent on both sides of the ball, everybody's got capable skill position guys and defenders that are capable of generating turnovers, when the margin is razor thin, just in terms of talent across the board, as it tends to be in the SEC more so than other conferences. Now, I know Alabama and Georgia have been the class of the SEC the last few years, but you don't have the gap from 1 to 10 in the SEC quite like you do in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or the ACC. I think Ole Miss's advantage at quarterback, and they do have a very distinct advantage at quarterback, I think the fact that Ole Miss has a more stable, steady quarterback situation right now gives them major potential to go into Tuscaloosa and hand Alabama their second straight loss on their home field tomorrow. Yeah, would be amazing. Would be amazing, but not surprising. Uh, Amazing the fact that Alabama would lose twice, but I don't think a lot of people would be shocked, obviously, if uh, Lane Kiffin and the Rebs go in there and win that game at Bryant-Denny coming up tomorrow all right we got a break right here and uh, we're here at riverwind casino on a oec fiber football friday brandon drum at 135 when we get back uh let's let's have a little fun because i do have the dumbass clip of the week you might be able to guess who it is and today is the 16 year anniversary of i'm a man i'm 40 but we're going to take that in a different direction maybe a soundbite you've never heard about that great day a Mike Gundy classic. We'll have that coming up right here on The Ref. We are back. OEC Fiber Football Friday here at Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely out here at my home away from home. Come on out and play one of their nearly 3,000 electronic games on their newly renovated gaming floor. And uh, we've got a concert tonight, a good one again, uh, happening at the Showplace Theater with Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr. Uh, get on out of here, enjoy a great meal, a great show, win some money, take part tomorrow night in the 50K Harvest Winnings uh, drawings, win your share of $50,000 in cash and bonus play. Parker Thune on the road in uh, Ohio has an assignment tonight and obviously has another huge assignment tomorrow covering the Sooners in Cincinnati. Don't forget our uh, Wendy Chevrolet pregame show tomorrow morning beginning at 7 a.m. And don't forget, Sooner fans, Martino's on Vine will be your OU fan zone. Just a couple blocks away from Nippert Stadium. We'll be doing our postgame there. Gather there for the pregame show. Martino's on Vine in Cincinnati. All right. Uh, First thing we got to do, Parker Thune, is uh, let's let's hear the dumbass clip of the week. Do you think you know who... You you know who it is? You think? You I, know? Gotta guess. You know? uh, you I got a guess. I got. I got a guess. Well, all right. I think you probably will be right. But here it is. Your dumbass clip of the week. Roll it. A lot of people in Oklahoma wrongly think I'm anti-Oklahoma. I am rooting for Brett Venables to win a good who? six games this year. Who? Brett Venables. Brent. Is it Brent or Brett? Brent. Okay. I'm. I'm uh, one letter. <laughs> Okay, I mean, seriously, <laughs> one letter, three hours of live American entertainment. Brett right. Brent. Well, That's who knows? Right. Okay. Whoa! <clears throat> Shut up, dumbass. 
What a bunch of dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Joe Clatt clearly was not the uh, dumbass in that clip. It was, of course, Colin Cowherd. And uh, once again, our dumbass uh, clips of the week brought to you by dumbasses. They're dumb and their asses so was that your guess parker thune colin cowherd i was actually i was figuring this was going to be mule shoe slander but no cowherd certainly qualifies that's a that's a worthy nomination mule shoe uh was very much in the running but the audio was so bad like most usc audio it's so horrible that i i give the edge to uh colin cowherd there now Here's something. I think you'll enjoy this. I'm betting that you haven't heard this because you're a young whippersnapper. So, Mike Gundy, I mean, you're old enough that probably as a kid you uh, you could relate to the Mike Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40 tirade, right? Uh, I mean, I, I, what do you mean I could relate to it? Like, I was aware of like, it. What were you, like seven years old or something, right? I would have been eight would have been eight at the time. So you probably saw that sound soundbite in a video a few times, even as a kid. I'm oh, leading to it because everybody in the world is going to play, you know, the Mike Gundy clip today. 16 years ago, he had that rant, one of the greatest coaching rants in history, arguably the best. But I can remember, and I found this a long time ago, and it's probably been played by a few other places, but I remember digging this out. Back at the old place when I was doing the morning show. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this this is great. And I can't even remember how I found it or where I found it. I know it was, I think it was YouTube, but I was digging away. And I kept scrolling, 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 and there it was. So this is a young Justin Bieber appearing on Disney radio. And when his phone rang, we found out that Mike Gundy was his ringtone. Let's roll that. To me, this is an all-time classic. Here we go. Um, so it seems to be like a theme in your life, never say never. How do you, what, what is one other thing that you still haven't done that you want to accomplish? I mean, Oh, I want to go skydiving. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just something I really want to do. It's like, I, I went bungee jumping. It was a lot of fun. Come so. me. I'm a man. I'm a boy. <laughs> <laughs> why do you have Jaden Smith as my Gundy? Say that's the guy's name. The guy that has it. Yeah. Tell me, I'm a man. I'm forty. I yeah, can handle that's, it. That's my that's my uh, ringtone for everything. Oh, it is. <laughs> come after me. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm, I'm forty. 40. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Don't come after some kid who's been doing everything right." <laughs> come after me. I'm a man. Yeah, it's funny. So I, we just I just watched the video. I thought it was funny, so I said it as my ringtone for everything. For everything. Like nobody special has no, a ringtone. Watch. Hey, okay, call me. And it'll come. It'll come <laughs> um, May 16, 2009. There you go. Parker Thune, did you have any idea that at one time the Mike Gundy rant was Justin Bieber's ringtone? I feel like I knew about this, but hadn't thought about it in probably a decade. How long ago was that? That had to have been, that, what, oh my gosh. Years ago been, by well, now? he got it like. What, it's 16-year anniversary, so he probably put that as his ringtone 16 years ago, probably a week or so after the ran, after he saw it. So Bieber, I mean, the video, Justin Bieber, I mean, he looked like he was about 13, 14 years old maybe 
in that range. I don't know how old Bieber is. Maybe he was maybe he was close to sixteen, but he looks super young. And the thing I remember about that, I remember we played that a long time ago. But the next week at his press conference, Mike Gundy showed up, and clearly this was a setup. But his phone went off, and it was a Justin Bieber song. Uh-huh, so, yeah. It was nice. It was well uh, executed by Gundy as well. But for those of you who don't remember, yes, Mike Gundy's rant was once the ringtone of a young, rising, teeny bop sensation by the name of Justin Bieber. So there you go. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. You going to be able to handle that again today, Parker? Are you good with that? I will. I will be able to handle the text line. Uh, give me the commercial break to get everything set up on this end. But, yes, when we come back, we should be able to hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Not a problem. All right, and for those just joining us, uh, you are checking out one of the Sooners' commitments tonight, the quarterback. Uh, tell us about where you're headed and who you're watching. That's right. Headed up to Alliance, Ohio this evening to go watch Brendan Zerbrook, three-star Oklahoma quarterback commit, the other quarterback in this class. Of course, Michael Hawkins being the Sooners' second chronological commit of the 2024 class and a guy that's been linked to Oklahoma since his sophomore year. Uh, that's kind of the one that everybody knows. Uh, it, it didn't really make a ton of waves when Zerbrug joined the class on the 1st of August. But he's had a very strong start to his senior year thus far. Almost 450 total yards and six touchdowns a week ago in a hard-fought loss, 48-46 to the final. So this is a guy that, you know, he's playing on a team somewhat reminiscent of a circa 2017-18 Big 12 program and that he's having to do a lot to keep his team afloat offensively, and he's done it so far. He's been prolific through I think four game, four or five games of his senior year. So, yeah, this is a kid I'm excited to watch, excited to see uh, if indeed the Sooners got a hidden gem in Zerbrug. On film, it sure looks like it. Interested to see what it looks like with my own two eyes. All right, we're just getting warmed up here at Riverwind on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Riverwind Casino, what a great play. Show Place Theater tonight, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr. More shows on the way coming up in October, of course, with Foreigner and Carly Pierce. You have Rodney Carrington on the way, uh, Flatland Cavalry, Aaron Lewis, Lee Bryce, uh, Justin Moore. They announced that show. By the way, that's November 18th. And uh, Joe Coy, the comedian, January 27th. You also have Boys to Men on the way uh, in early January. So some great shows. Come on out. Enjoy the River Buffet tonight. Win some cash and bonus play, and especially tomorrow night, in the 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawings here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. All right, let's come back. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, pretty simple today. Give us your picks. How's it going to go down tomorrow at Nippert Stadium in Cincinnati? Give us your picks and uh, give us a little uh, summary of how you think it's going to go down with a score, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans. Back with you, Riverwind Casino on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. What a great college football weekend we have coming up. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be a great, great, great day. It all begins with our pregame show tomorrow beginning at 7 a.m. The Windy Chevy pregame show kicks off tomorrow morning right here on the home of Sooner fans at 7 a.m. 
Don't forget, if you are going to Cincinnati, Martino's on Vine is the place to be. A couple blocks away from Nippert Stadium. That'll be the OU Fan Zone. We will do our post-game show there and gather there for pre-game activities as well. Great reputation there, and that's where Sooner fans will be meeting tomorrow, Martino's on Vine. So if you're a member of the Ref Army, you're on your way to the Queen City, or maybe you're already there listening in the Queen City of Cincinnati, Martino's on Vine is the place you need to know about. Okay, Uh, 405-651-3439. We're going to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to get your thoughts on the game and your scores on the game. But real quick, Parker, right before we do that, Terry Bussey sets a date next Thursday, right? A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, LSU in his top five. Do the Sooners, are they still gaining some momentum, and do they have a shot at Terry Bussey? They got a shot, Steely. In fact, I would say they got more of it, more than a shot. Um, that I'm still kind of hesitant because it kind of feels like the Dominic McKinley recruitment down the stretch a little bit to me. In that, okay, you've got Texas A&M also heavily involved here, and Oklahoma is not necessarily winless in head-to-head battles against Texas A&M, but. They've had a few of those battles that have not gone their way, a few very notable battles that have not gone their way. And A&M has been out in front for quite some time for Terry Bussey. I know there is still a lot of confidence on the A&M side after touching base with some of those folks uh, yesterday evening. So I'll put it to you this way. I think Oklahoma's in the top two. This is really Emmett Jones' heat check right here in the 2024 cycle. This is is kind of a take-it-or-leave-it pursuit for Oklahoma because if you get bussy great if not well then you're not really recruiting anybody else at wide receiver it's you it's you add Terry bussy or you're just content with the five receivers that you've already recruited in the 2024 cycle so uh, I don't know that this one is necessarily decided and I do think if you're an Oklahoma fan you're rooting for Auburn this weekend without question but Terry Bussey does seem pretty, and, and this is somewhat surprising to me because I kind of figured, based on some conversations I had had, that this date might get pushed back. But it seems like Bussey is pretty determined that this call is getting made next Thursday one way or another. So we'll see what the next few days hold as we come around to the home stretch here in the Bussey recruitment. All right, let's see what you guys think out there. Our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is open to you, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Parker, you have the honors. Let's see what the Rep Army is thinking about tomorrow. From a listener in the 405, this is not really an opinion on tomorrow, but a question. We'll get to this question in a second. Let's take some of these uh, predictions. Listener in the 405 says 42 to 27 OU. A 918 listener says 52 to 17. Marshall and Woodall says 35-21. Great win. I'll take it. Todd and OKC says OU pulls away in the fourth quarter and wins 41 to 21. But here's an interesting question from a listener here in the 405. I guess I'm not there in the 405 right now. You are, Steely. But 405 listener says... Why is Oklahoma struggling in the run game? Was Eric Gray much better than we realized? Or the offensive line has yet to gel? Or just a serious lack of talent across the board? Your thoughts? 
Well, number one, I mean, it's pretty clear you lost a first-round pick in Anton Harrison. You lost a third-round pick in Wanye Morris. And you lost another guy, Chris Murray, who's on an NFL roster. So they lost some talent. Now, again, all the talk about, man, you know, Tyler Guyton's a freak, and they still like what they have. And, man, Savion Bird is nasty. He's been banged up, and he was certainly disappointing in the SMU game. But I think they're trying to gain some cohesion there and some chemistry. They've underperformed in the running game so far, no doubt about it. But the pass blocking, protecting Dylan Gabriel, has been really good. He's only been sacked one time. But uh, Parker, and that's the question again for tomorrow, uh, and you kind of talked about it earlier, this, this may be one of those games where the Sooners are passing to set up the run because Cincinnati's run defense is really good. And, look, Cincinnati's running game on offense is pretty good, too. Now, again, you have to factor in uh, the teams both of these uh, squads played, uh, you know, in the non-conference. But, yeah, I mean, the, the run game, it's had moments, but overall the run game has been, I don't know, it feels like about a C to me. Uh, but, you know, pass protection, pass pro's been really good, right? The pass protection has been good, and Dylan Gabriel's had time to throw. And when he has been given time to throw in the past, not just 2023, but if you rewind to 2022 and even his career at UCF, Dylan Gabriel has been very dangerous when given adequate time to deliver the football. And so for me, Steely, I'm of the opinion that when you look at some of the advanced metrics on Cincinnati's secondary, they are not good in the defensive backfield. They are not good at all. And so this is a game where I wonder if the Sooners even attempt to establish the run early or if Jeff Levy just trots out Dylan Gabriel and says, hey, fling it. Let's take shots down the field. Let's uh, go full throttle. Let's open things up, and let's see what kind of headway we can make offensively through the air. Because what you don't want to do, I think, Steely, is have a – you know two, three, four drives up front to kick off the game where you're trying to establish the run and trying to establish the run and trying to establish the run, and you can't, and you end up punting away. You give Cincinnati the initiative. You put yourself in a hole on the scoreboard. Maybe not a huge one, but if you're playing from behind, then naturally you don't want to give a team that's playing on their home field and playing with some added motivation after they lost on their home field to a rival last week, you don't want to give a team like that any more reason to believe in themselves than necessary. So personally, and not everyone's going to share my opinion on this, and I get it, I would like to see the Sooners come out tomorrow and just see Dylan Gabriel winging it from the pocket. Don't even try to, at least on the first two or three drives, don't even mess with the run. Unless, obviously, there is a situation where it just makes sense to run the ball. You know, got to convert a short yardage second down or something like that. You get up against the goal line. Okay, you're running the ball in that instance. But I would like to see Dylan Gabriel come out with that tempo offense, the first two or three drives this game, and just see if you can break Cincinnati's will by moving the ball through the air. Yeah, and it may be that. I don't know. And maybe, you know, if they have some good early success, throwing the football up and down the field, and that opens up some lanes in the running game. I still think the offensive line is going to get better. I mean, uh, Bill Biedenboe is too good of a coach. They've got talent there. There's no doubt about it. But let's face it, in the run game, they've been average so far. They, uh, they've not been good enough uh, to win a conference championship, certainly. 
But, you know, that could change. I, I think the good news is they're much better defensively. They're better against the run. Now, this will be a tough test because Cincinnati's number eight in the country in rushing offense. But so far, the OU defensive line has been really good against the run. What we're going to find out tomorrow is how much of OU's 3-0 and start is about Oklahoma's genuine, impro- genuine improvement on uh, on both sides of the football, but particularly on defense, and how much of it is about the three teams they played, two of which were not very good. Arkansas State, brutal. Tulsa, a lot of respect for Kevin Wilson, but they got a long way to go. SMU, I think, is pretty good. We'll find out how good tomorrow when they play TCU. But, you know, if it's uh, – if it's 70% schedule and 30% OU's improvement, this could be a tight game. And I, I think we're that's what we're looking for answer-wise tomorrow is, all right, and look, I don't think Cincinnati is a uh, is a world beater. I do think clearly they've got talent on the defensive line. This Dante Corleone kid's really good. They can move the football. Emory Jones is not the kind of guy who's going to throw, you know, all these pinpoint passes. Uh, you know, he's not super accurate, but he is dangerous. If you let him get outside the pocket, you take bad rushing lanes and you leave him some open field and uh, an ability to improvise, throw, improvise, throw on the football, that's where Oklahoma could get into some trouble. But uh, I'm just really curious to see what the answers are tomorrow. And, again, I think the big, like the, the big test is going to be in the Cotton Bowl, but this clearly is going to be the toughest test to date for the Oklahoma football team. All right, break time. Parker's got the text line. Your thoughts. How you feeling? How you feeling, Ref Army? How are you feeling, Sooner fans, about the matchup at Cincinnati tomorrow? 405-651-3439. That is our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What a great day it is. It's an OEC Fiber Football Friday. We have an incredible college football Saturday coming up. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Pre-game show tomorrow. Windy Chevrolet pre-game show begins at 7 a.m. right here tomorrow on the Ref Radio Network. Break time. Coming right back here on the home of Sooner fans. Back here at Riverwind, it is an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Great to have you with us here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. You remember when uh, Sam Ellinger said, Longhorn Nation, we're back, you know. After the Georgia Sugar Bowl victory, Texas really wasn't back. Still isn't back yet. Trying to get back, but not back yet. But you know what is back big time? The Showplace Theater here at Riverwind Casino. I mean, we started to bring back the Showplace Theater uh, back in June, and we started with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Then you had Collective Soul. Then you had Josh Turner. Then you had the comedian Gabriel Iglesias. Then Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows. REO Speedwagon, Chicago. They are back at the Showplace Theater, the great musical acts. Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr tonight on a Friday night here at Riverwind. Tomorrow night also the uh, big drawings for the 50K Harvest Winnings promotion. And uh, we'd love to see you out here. Come claim your share of $50,000 in cash and bonus play. All right, Ted Roof, let's hear what he has to say about facing Cincinnati mobile quarterback Emory Jones. He's really mobile, uh, explosive, makes a, explosive plays with both his arm and his feet. He's not just a, a running quarterback. He's a guy that can read coverages and throw it and throws it accurately. 
and a strong arm can make all the throws. And on top of that, you know, like you said, the uh, the athleticism, the ability to, to tuck it down and run and extend plays with his feet. So defensively, that presents a lot of problems, and it's something, you know, from a contained standpoint, we got to limit his area of operation. There you go. Uh, so the Sooners, again, uh, they, they've got, obviously, a much bigger test tomorrow. Emory Jones, again, he's not super accurate. He's not just a, a sit back there, great, big-time, classic pocket passer, but he is mobile. He can run and will run, and uh, but he's also prone to some mistakes if you put some pressure on him. Miami did that last week, a couple of picks for Emory Jones. So it'll be interesting to see how the Sooner defense treats Mr. Jones in this matchup coming up tomorrow. All right, Parker Thune is on the road, but he also has control of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's go there, Steely. Five-star Randy says, if the Sooners can come out early in this game being aggressive and attacking without mistakes, they should win convincingly. But if they struggle early, hold on to your seat. If the latter happens, we just have to hope we wear them down by the fourth quarter and make some plays. And we talked about this yesterday, Steely. It's going to be really interesting to see how this team responds to adversity, if and when it hits, because... That team that we saw a year ago in 2022, that iteration of Oklahoma football, man, they crumbled under adversity. They were not good at dealing with situations that required metal. They didn't win a one-possession game all year. They lost five of them. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, if you can go on the road, you're Oklahoma, and look, you're coming off six and seven a year ago, so you don't have maybe as much swagger walking into Nippert Stadium as you normally would. But if you put Cincinnati on its heels early in this game, make some big plays, get a three and out, drive the field, you know, score an early touchdown, maybe you go up a touchdown, maybe you go up a couple touchdowns, Cincinnati might wilt in this game early. Uh, because the Sooners, again, if they can uh, if they can deliver, they don't have to deliver a knockout blow, but maybe a standing eight count to this UC football team after, you know, they lost to Miami of Ohio last week, then maybe Oklahoma can win this game and win it by, you know, really convincingly, uh, which would be great for, you know, their continued momentum. But uh, on the flip side, again, can't bust, you can't do – you know, Macari Vickers last week and uh, Reggie Pearson Jr. We're not probably won't play tomorrow, but uh, you can't it, look. You're not going to execute everything to a T. You know, on either side of the football, but you can't have any big, oh my gosh, what an error that was moments to really let that crowd, which is already going to be into the game, just get out of control crazy and give their team some early momentum. So. Um, a nice start from Oklahoma Parker would be uh, would be really good, I think, for OU. This is an interesting text from Russ in Atlanta. He says, this is probably the wrong day to bring this up. It might be a couple of days late, but I was really impressed with how well-spoken and polished Danny Okoye was during his presser. He was outstanding and seems like a great, mature young man. Might he be the next Shannon Sharp? There you go, Steely. Danny Okoye already has his career trajectory set for him once his football days are over. He is impressive, and he is very articulate, man, uh, no doubt about it. When you uh, when he was in studio with us, you know, when he basically came to visit Norman and said, yeah, Oklahoma, I'm giving Oklahoma another shot, 
Um, I, I was blown away by the maturity level of this kid and how well-spoken he was. Not that I, I didn't expect him to put a sentence together or anything, but, I mean, he was he was genuinely like, man, you know, and very bright about, you know, how I, I decided I was going to go back and research everything. He, uh, he's he got a good head on his shoulders. He's got, you know, uh, obviously a lot of athletic ability. Uh, we'll see how it translates to this next level. But, man, he just looks like a kid. Like, that, that guy, yeah. He looks like he can play. So it's going to be very interesting. I did see that David Stone tweeted out not long ago, I'm tired of watching the Sooners on TV. I will be at the next home game. You talk about David Stone, you know, it was it was wishy-washy for a while. And even he said, you know, that commitment night that, look, this, this was going to be Miami until I get the final call from Todd Bates, and that changed everything. But you talk about a kid who's totally bought in right now. David Stone is—he's uh, recruiting for the Sooners. He's—he's he's out there and pretty fired up. All right, um, let's get out of here for hour number one. We got Parker on the road in Ohio. Uh, Brandon Zerbrug—he'll be uh, watching the Sooners' quarterback commitment tonight. He'll obviously be uh, covering the Sooners and Cincinnati tomorrow. And again, for you guys out there in the Ref Army, if you're headed to Cincinnati, Martino's on Vine—the place to be. They're going to have an OU fan zone. And, again, we're going to be doing our post-game show there. It is only two blocks from Nippert Stadium, so be thinking about Martino's on Vine Street in Cincinnati. Our Wendy Chevrolet pregame show tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. right here on the ref. And you'll have, uh, you know, the radio crew, Toby, uh, Teddy, and uh, Plank from on-site at Nippert Stadium. We'll be in studio, myself, Tyler McComas, uh, we'll have a lot of stuff lined up for you. And then postgame uh, with uh, Tyler and Travis Davidson tomorrow at Martino's on Vine after what people are hoping is going to be a very impressive Sooner victory. All right, here at Riverwind, OEC Fiber Football Friday. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring hour number one. Another hour to go here on The Ref. Okay, we are back. It's hour number two. Mike Steely here at my home away from home, the one, the only, Riverwind Casino. Always enjoy being out here. It is an OEC Fiber Football Friday, and, man, I love Fridays, but I got to tell you, I love this college football Saturday. Tomorrow, it is big time. It's really some great matchups. Can't wait. Uh, Pre-game show tomorrow beginning at 7 a.m., for Oklahoma-Cincinnati right here on the ref. It'll be a, a real telltale early game, I think, for uh, Oklahoma again uh, in this matchup. Obviously their best test of the season. But, again, the uh, – hang on one second here. All right. Um, anyway, we are going to be here uh, for another hour. We've got Brandon Drum coming up at 135, and uh, we also have my uncle coming up about 120. So – by the way, I want to tell you again about a great deal uh, from the Affordable Door Company, your full-service garage door company, the official garage door company of Sooner Athletics, the Ref Army Locator, the KREF Listening Map. It's all over the place right now, everywhere. I mean, everywhere it's buzzing, and they are our official sponsor of the uh, Ref Army Locator as well. They never, never, ever expected to be like global i'm sure casey and brian didn't or did they maybe they did i mean the uh, the app numbers are through the roof 
Uh, anyway, Affordable Door Company, a great sponsor here. They compromise on the price. They never compromise on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net or call uh, 635-9499, 405-635-9499. Proud Garage Door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. And they've got that incredible uh, special. You've got Hang on one second. I'm being bothered. Uh, so anyway, they've got that incredible uh, garage door special, which is going on right now as well. Uh, ultimate garage door tune-up and maintenance for only $119. Be one of the first 10 people to call, get a Drake Stoop signed football. How about a garage door tune-up and maintenance for only $119? That's a heck of a deal. And if you're one of the first 10 to call, you get a Drake Stoop signed football, 405-635-9499. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. I've been thrown off kilter. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Brent Venables and and get a uh, sound bite here from Brent. And then we're going right back to Parker in Ohio. More of your texts, 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, here is Brent Venables again, feeling good, 3-0. You've heard him talk about why he thinks they're better than they were a year ago. Remember, the Sooners started out 3-0 last year, and then they went 3-7. But Brent is cautioning because the Bearcats of Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio last week, cautioning, I think, Sooner fans not to undersell the Cincinnati team. They got really good players. Um, they're big, they're strong, they're physical, and again, they're relentless. Love the way they play. Uh, you know, just as an admirer of good football, uh, those guys uh, get it done. And uh, so, again, it's going to be a challenge mentally, physically, uh, you know, four hours uh, of challenge. And uh, they've had great success at putting pressure on a quarterback. Some of it relates to, to the sacks, and some of it's just pressure, you know, and disruption in the run game. And uh, so, you know, uh, they're going to make some of their plays. That's just part of the game. You know, you're not going to keep them from, uh, you know, uh, making some plays. And you just got to keep them at a minimum. And uh, this is a game of matchups. And uh, this is not a game of potential. And this is not a game of talking. We're going to have to be doing it. And uh, a great, great opportunity for our guys, one that, you know, I know they're going to look forward to. All right, there you go. That is Brent talking about tomorrow's matchup with Cincinnati. By the way, also want to mention our uh, hour number two sponsor, Oklahoma Generator, family-owned and uh, pride themselves on their incredible customer service. They are Oklahoma's highest-rated and longest-operating Generac dealer. Great service and sales staff currently offering new customer discounts and free 10-year warranties with new installations at Oklahoma Generator. Uh, Visit them online at okgen.com, or you can call 405-321-6631. 405-321-6631. I'm getting audibles left and right. I'm like the NFL player with the the, uh, video signal in the helmet. But uh, anyway, we're here at Riverwind Casino on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Happy to be here. All right, Parker, what do we have on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line? First off, Steely, I feel obligated to ask, can we get a backstory on how and why you were being bothered earlier? 
just things are coming. Uh, texts are flying in, and uh, papers are being shuffled. It, it was, it was. Uh, there was a lot of stuff in my head going on at one time, and old people don't deal with that very well. So there were many texts, and there were many messages, many audibles being called. It was kill, 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 and then you're calling another play. So, but we're good. We're good to go. We're good to go. How's the Sooner Nation feeling? Well, let's find out. Let's go to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and take the temperature. Oh, boy, we got a manifesto. We got a manifesto from a listener in the 903. You ready for this one, Steely? Is it from a cabin in Montana? Can we tell on the Ref Army locator? I don't believe so. It is from the 903 area code, which is Texas. This comes, okay, let's just, let's get right to it. I'm a recently retired football coach of 30 years at both the D1 collegiate level and 6A high school level in Texas. Not having access to game film, it's hard to tell why OU isn't running the way they want to. The usual place to start up are the guys up front, and that includes tight end. If you don't have a very good blocking tight end, your zone stuff to the strong side is rendered useless. If they're allowing penetration, then running is going to be very inconsistent. If they are getting some movement but can't seem to break off bigger runs, that usually means they aren't getting off their doubles and working up to the next level, which means they aren't getting up on the linebackers. Backs may be missing it as well. A good back will feel how the line is blocking and know when to be patient and when to hit it right now. There's a variety of things that need to work, but for them to get what they want offensively, they have to keep working at it. I've known Brent for years, and they will be just fine. Yeah, it's it's interesting again. Um, you know, I think the Sooner fan base feels pretty good, and I do feel like uh, you know they feel like this this team has improved. Now the question is again, how improved are they? That's that's what we're trying to find out because uh, there there was some fool's gold last year. That the, the Kool Aid tasted pretty well after three games, and then it went. It didn't taste very well after that. It was it was poison, but I I don't know. You you just look at a year ago. They didn't have the depth. They didn't have the playmakers they have now. And again, some of them are young guys. Peyton Bowen's been around the football making plays. You know, Nick Anderson's healthy, making big plays. Three TDs last week. Jaden Gibson has had some great big time catches. You know, he's been overshadowed somewhat. He had the touchdown in the Arkansas State game. Uh, maybe been overshadowed, particularly by Nick Anderson's three TDs last week, but he had another big-time catch on a 50-50 ball. So there's no doubt they're more talented uh, and that they have more depth, and I don't think they'll wear down, particularly on defense, like they did a year ago. But my question, again, is how how will they respond to adversity? You know, that's the biggest question to me because last year they didn't, and uh, that's how I want to see... You know, this team, once again, you know, SMU, they had a little bit of adversity, Parker. That was a 14-11 to 11 game, and, and they they dominated the rest of that game against eh, SMU. But eh, uh, let's see how eh. they do. I, I don't know. I don't really know that I would categorize that as adversity. Oklahoma was always in control of that game. There was never really a time, even on the heels of that SMU scoring drive, where you felt like the game wasn't in Oklahoma's grasp. I, I don't know that I would really I – feel, I feel as though it – you know, regardless of what narratives people would like to hear pushed, it feels a little disingenuous to call that adversity. But Wilson in the 918 hit the text line to say, Steely, 
Your uncle was on fire this morning on the T-Row show. He is fired up for this game. Are we going to hear from uncle later in the show? Yeah, next segment. We, uh, we've we got Uncle queued up and ready to go, and we always do it at uh, during that Gorgeous. 120 segment before we get Brandon on at 135. So, yeah, he uh, he had a poem. He had a song. He had some stories. He, he, was, uh, he was all over the place. Uh, back to the text line here. Uh, <laughs> does Dylan Gabriel lead OU in rushing tomorrow? Well... That's a very realistic possibility. I want to say, did he lead the team in rushing against Nebraska last year with that 61-yard run? I don't recall the Sooners rushing the ball particularly effectively that day. There was a lot more happening through the air. But uh, obviously, quarterbacks leading the Sooners in rushing is something that has been a relatively common occurrence over the last few years. And, yeah, there's a world in which that happens tomorrow, in my mind, especially if that Cincinnati front four shuts down Oklahoma's rushing attack. You're going to have to rely on Dylan Gabriel's arm, and you're going to have to rely, to a lesser extent, on Dylan Gabriel's ability to get outside the pocket and create with his legs, which is, A, a very underrated aspect of his game, and, B, something he really hasn't had to do yet through three games. Yeah, another thing I'm going to be looking at tomorrow in this matchup is – you know, Oklahoma last year, you think back to that first loss, Kansas State, not making plays on third downs, right? Uh, you know, you think about the ball that Dylan uh, couldn't find Drake Stoops with, uh, you know, which I think was maybe second quarter of the game. I can't remember. Anyway, and then, of course, on third down, third and 16, was kind of the uh, the play that, that broke the season, it felt like, with Adrian Martinez getting free and sealing the deal for K-State in that matchup but you know the Sooners are number one in third downs on offense this year they've been really really good now again how much of that is Arkansas State and Tulsa and to an extent SMU we'll find out but you know that's uh something I'm curious to see tomorrow night too uh or tomorrow morning too is uh you know against a, a better squad can they can still can they still continue to produce you know big plays on third down and even a fourth down uh, both on both sides of the football. So we'll find out. All right, got to take a break right here. I am at Riverwind Casino. It is an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Big-time show tonight, Showplace Theater. Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr on the uh, Showplace Theater stage. Uh, Friday night's been red hot here at Riverwind. REO Speedwagon, September 8th. Last Friday night we had Chicago. On the uh, Showplace Theater stage, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr tonight here at Riverwind Casino. All right, break time. We do have my uncle from the T-Row in the morning show coming up. Brandon Drum at 135. We'll talk soon recruiting. What else? Does the Oklahoma staff have a chance of getting Terry Bussey? We'll get into that more coming up. So keep it right here on the ref. All right, we are back here at Riverwind Casino, OAC Fiber Football Friday, getting ready for the Sooners in Cincinnati tomorrow. Pre-game show, Wendy Chevrolet. Pre-game show begins at 7 a.m. right here on the home of Sooner fans. Riverwind Casino tonight, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr concert happening at the Showplace Theater, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, they have nearly 3,000 electronic games now here at Riverwind Casino, a Skyloft gaming area. 
Uh, the newly revamped gaming floor looks absolutely immaculate. It is real, and it is spectacular. We also have an Oasis uh, gaming area as well where, uh, you know, it's a smoke-free area. And, again, uh, not only do we have uh, all the best games and promotions out here at Riverwind Casino, great dining options, River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. We also have a tremendous food court as well, a big-time hotel attached right to the casino. The Riverwind Hotel is world-class. So uh, everything you need, it's right here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. All right, every Friday morning, T-Row and T-J do the very risky thing, putting my uncle on the air to talk about the game that week. Here's how it all went down this morning with my uncle on the T-Row in the morning show. It is that time every week when we get to visit with an Oklahoma radio icon, Steely's uncle. Been on a roll this year. Uncle, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, baby. I'm ready to get to Cincinnati. I am on my way. Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters, take notice. This is an award-winning segment coming here. I expect to see you in my tuxedo in a few months, all right, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Very good. I can't wait. I've got a poem for you. I've got a mailbag prediction and a really quick song, all right? First up. The Charge of the Sooner Brigade by Alfred Lloyd Uncleson. Me. Brent, we love your passion. You got the Sooners mashing. Dylan, just keep on dealing. It's a national title we're feeling. Oh, wow. Holy cow. What a backer. We need a Butkus Award tracker. Oh, Stutzman. Oh, Danny. Let's keep kicking Fanny. Man, Peyton, you're a heck of a bowling. It's on Championship River. We're rowing. Not to worry, Sooner Nation. Last year was a mini vacation. We didn't go far, but we're definitely back. And it won't be long before we kick Texas right in the sack, baby. Boomer. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Man, what a poem. That's fantastic, Uncle. Way to go. Fantastic. Thank you. Who knew he had that right, in him? Yeah, are you ready for side. Uncle's mailbag? You ready yeah, for yeah, Uncle's yeah, let's mailbag? do it. Yeah. I, got, I got one piece of mail this week, all right? Mm-hmm. Hey, Uncle, is it true you used to win triathlons, your friend Sooner Steve? Well, Steve, that's true. I used to train with a good old buddy of mine by the name of Bill Brasky. Did someone say Bill Brasky? Shut your yapper. Yes, I won every triathlon I ever entered, but I had to make it a challenge. Make it. it, it many times it was too easy. Yeah. Too so easy. the first stage, the swim, I'd do it with 20-pound ankle weights on each ankle. All right? Wow, wow man. Second stage, the bike ride, and I did that on a unicycle. <laughs> Third All right. stage was the run, of course, and I did that backwards to make it a challenge. Otherwise, it was too easy. But, yes, I won every one of them. Thank you very Man, much. That is impressive. Miss old Bill Brasky, by the way. Heck of a competitor. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
I was 99 and 1 in cage fights against Brasky, though, I will say. All right. Ready for the prediction? I'm ready. What do you got? I am sick of that Namby Pamby nephew of mine saying Cincinnati could be a real challenge for us. Really? Bull manure. Cincinnati, Smushinati, whatever. They shouldn't even have the word Natty. They shouldn't even have the word Natty in their name. We've got seven Natties. How many they have? Zero. So that's who we are, and they're nothing. We are going to dominate their derriers and light them up like a Christmas tree. I'm so fired up, I'm out of breath. (laughs) Catch your breath, Uncle. I'm All right, ready to end in song. Are you ready for me to end in song? Yeah, I love you. We read a poem and now a song. Yeah, go ahead. Unbelievable. Do, 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 do. So, baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'll be kicking Bearcat ass in Cincinnati. Sooners win it 77 to 3. Wow. I'll be kicking Bearcat ass in Cincinnati. Wow. Will, will you be a simulcast on WKRP? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. You were good. Long live Johnny Fever. Rest in peace, Howard Hashman. Boomer, baby, boomer. See you, Uncle. That was uh, all over the place. Did we get the uh, WKRP in Cincinnati theme there, I think, from uh, Uncle? It sounded like we did. There you go. That that is one of the better uh, TV themes, I will say. That is one of the better TV themes. All right, Parker Thune, I don't know how you're going to, uh, you know, follow that. That was, as Uncle said, maybe an OAB award winner. To me, probably not, but he seems to think so. Uh, What do we have from the Ref Army on the text line? Uh, Listener in the 405 wants to know, is it true Uncle was coached by Jim Thorpe? (laughs) <laughs> I, had, I don't know. Uh, Jim Thorpe, arguably the world's greatest athlete. It was either him or Nanu from the old Walt Disney movie. I don't know. But Jim Thorpe's certainly up there. I'll look Cherokee, into that for you. Cherokee Sooner says that Pullen brought a tear to my eye. Zane in Tulsa says phenomenal. Slick Sooner says Uncle has bars. Boomer. Steely, I'd love to know how you feel about your uncle calling you a namby-pamby. Well, compared to uncle, everybody's a namby-pamby. What what exactly is a namby-pamby? And is there a definition of a namby-pamby? I think it's a kind of a wimpy person, so maybe I... Yeah, compared to him, I certainly am. Let me see if I can find the official name. But what is a namby-pamby? All right, while I'm investigating that, what else do we have? Here, County of Sensman Army says Parker has no idea what WKRP in Cincinnati is, sir. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, I feel pretty confident in this team again, but oh boy, I'm nervous for tomorrow, LOL. Jason Fairs, Jason Fairs has chimed in. He says, tell Steely that his uncle has an open invitation to come help me cut the grass and get the field painted up for a game. He just can't paint Texas sucks on it. There you go. I like that. I he uh, he might be a literary genius because he said it was the charge of the Sooner Brigade was the name of the poem, and he said it was by Lord Alfred Uncleson. So 
maybe he knows uh, classic poetry. By the way, Namby Pamby says, adjective, lacking energy, strength, or courage, feeble, timid, or ineffectual. (laughs) So there it is. Uh, Feeble, timid, ineffectual. Are, Are you comfortable being described by those adjectives, Steely? Like I said, Uncle thinks everybody's a namby-pamby unless they uh, start for OU pretty much, right? Jesse G says, was that Bill Shakespeare on my radio? (laughs) Uh, You know what? That was a pretty good poem. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, he was rhyming and styling right there is what he was doing. its uh, I didn't know he had that in him. I really didn't know that he had that in him. All right, we got a break right here, and uh, Brandon Drum is coming up, our Friday conversation with our friend from OU Insider, Parker's colleague, and we are going to talk about, obviously, Danny Okoye's commitment on uh, earlier in the week, and uh, do the Sooners have a, do they have a potential shot at Terry Bussey, who announced he will be making his decision next Thursday. So we'll talk to Brandon about that when we get back right here on the home of Sooner fans. Welcome back. OEC Fiber Football Friday. That That's really one of the better uh, TV themes right there. I like it. I like it a lot. Uncle uh, ripped it off there, of course, but, you know, Uncle Uncle's kind of a rip-off artist, plagiarist. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll have time for some more text here in just a bit in our next segment before we get out of here. But, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, we always uh, enjoy these Friday conversations. Uh, Let's start with Danny Okoye. Uh, You know, a lot of people thought that, hey, Oklahoma did a great job. They got back in on this kid, and now they get the commitment. Uh, It wasn't – it was a long shot, you know, six, seven months ago for Danny Okoye, but – uh, tell Sooner fans what you think they're getting in this kid. Uh, I mean, you're getting a really, really athletic, uh, big, fast guy that's already uh, 6'4", 230 pounds. Uh, I think he's, they say he runs 4'6", 4'5". You see it, and you see his fluidity on the field whenever he plays wide receiver in particular uh, for Noah, his homeschool team. Uh, he's just a man amongst boys right now, so it's really hard to to gauge what he needs to work on outside of just having a bigger and better motor each and every play, which is what every offensive lineman and defensive lineman in high school, middle school, Little League has to have. It's, it's a struggle because you're bigger, faster, stronger than everybody, and you get bored. So uh, outside of that, I think you're getting a guy that just has a lot of tenacity and he's a smart kid. You can listen to his interviews, and you know he's smart. You can hear it and how he answers. Everything's very thoughtful. Uh, everything's very, very open. He's open to everything, and uh, which makes him coachable uh, because I think he's going to mesh really well with Miguel Chavis, uh, both really intense guys, which, you know, I think Okoye likes to be coached hard. So I think he's going to get that at Oklahoma, and I think he's going to flourish. 
Okay, Brandon, the Sooners are 3-0. Obviously, they started 3-0 a year ago. We know how that ended, but already kind of getting the sense that this 3-0 is different than last year's 3-0. My question to you is, we have already made it essentially three-fourths of a recruiting cycle, and Oklahoma has not experienced a decommitment yet. By all indications, there is nobody in this class that will decommit at this particular time. But as we look at the other end of the spectrum, and how a hot start, a 5-0, and even 6-0 and start, if you look past the Red River Showdown, could do for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. What type of impact do you think that could have with both the 2024 and 2025 classes if the Sooners rattle off several wins in a row to start this 2023 season? Uh, I think it could have an immense impact. I think that's been kind of the... I don't want to say the holdup because obviously being the number five class in the country, there isn't really that much of a holdup. But I think it's what caused Oklahoma to miss out on a couple of guys. And if you start five and zero, maybe six and zero, go and beat Texas. I think at that point, in particular, I think probably in twenty twenty five, you're going to see more of a, I guess, a windfall from those wins than you will from. Nonetheless, I think you're going to see some people, whether it's with Jordan Seaton, whether it's a chance to land and or flip Terry Bussey, it's a chance to flip Williams O'Neary, Dominic McKinley, maybe open the eyes of a Grant Bricks a little bit more, maybe get Eddie Pere Lewis to hop on board, Devon uh, Jordan out of Tulsa Union. I mean, Oklahoma still has a lot of four- and five-star guys that they're trying to push come National Signing Day. And that's what makes people feel like this class, at the end of the day, if Oklahoma takes care of business, and it has to start, and I wrote this today in the mailbag on OU Insider, it has to start today. has to, or excuse me, tomorrow. has to start tomorrow. You start out 4-0, and and things start to look a lot more rosy in Norman, Oklahoma, because people start to take you a little bit more serious. Because everybody remembers the six and seven. They remember the downfall after week three last year, where Oklahoma looked to be one of the best teams in the country through three weeks and then just collapsed. If they can get past this week and essentially break through that barrier, I think things change significantly in both those classes. I think maybe you start to see some guys pop in 25 that may not be looking to pop right now, but maybe it opens their eyes up a little bit more through October and November. Yeah, I, I think there are definitely some people out there that are still taking the wait-and-see approach with Oklahoma, and if they come out and look really, really good and uh, win this game and, you know, cover the spread or whatever, uh, that momentum's only going to keep surging for OU, no doubt about it. And they're doing pretty well in recruiting as it is. All right, Brandon yeah. Drum, our guest, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, so this Terry Bussey decision is coming down now next Thursday. A&M apparently has a, a lead, but Oklahoma might be closing. You've also got LSU, Alabama, and Texas, at least in his top five. Uh, what kind of a shot do you think Emmett Jones and the Sooner staff have of potentially getting this done next Thursday? I think they got a shot. I, but if I'm a Sooner fan, I'm not sitting there holding my breath. Uh, he comes from a family that is Aggies. He's from East Texas. A&M has, he's been to A&M far more than he has anybody else. But I, I think the last visit to Oklahoma 
and then the one prior to that, which was the official visit, I think that really opened his eyes. I do. I feel like Emmett Jones has been just so consistent with him, and I think Jeff Levy, I think the ability to show that Oklahoma is going to be proficient at offense, I think the fact that he's getting to see Jackson Arnold and what he's capable of, he already knows what Michael Hawkins is capable of. He's a 2024 guy himself. And I, I think Terry Bussey's probably seen what Kevin Sperry's accomplished as well in, in his continued move up the rankings. And Oklahoma's selling that like you're never going to hurt at quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. They're going to be able to get you the ball. Now, A&M's recruiting him at corner and defensive back. So I think at the same time you're having to – to go up against, does he want to be a corner? Does he feel more comfortable there? Does he feel more comfortable a wide receiver? I think ultimately that's going to be part of the decision. I think his family comfortability with the decision is going to make a big impact at the end of the day, and obviously they're A&M. But they're starting to really, really open up to Emmett Jones in Oklahoma, and you're starting to hear a little buzz, a little bit more and more, but at the end of the day, I think most people still contend, as of today, a week before the announcement, that it will probably be A&M. But you never know. The last week, between now and his decision, I think you're going to see some fireworks. I think you're going to see some roller coaster, up and down drama, like you normally do with four, five star guys of his ilk. So we'll see what happens. I know Oklahoma's going to make a push, and no matter what the decision is, Oklahoma's going to continue to recruit him. They're going to continue to recruit Brian Wesco. West, yeah, and they're going to continue to try to make an impact with the, both those guys and see if the, the programs that they, they potentially are going to commit to or are committed to uh, have a bad season and, and try to see if they can't get back in. Brandon, the clip is making the rounds on Twitter amongst the Sooner fan base right now. Uh, that this is clip a three-star is- stuff. Yes, yes. Big Cow Media LLC, better known as Inside Texas, asserting that David Stone looks like a three-star and isn't serious about the game. Also asserting that Danny Okoye is a, quote, project. Your response? I mean, I I could totally make a wisdom tooth joke on that, but I'm not going to. Um <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone on that, but I'll, uh, let's just say that, that, oh man, I'm trying, I'm trying to be civil here. No pettiness is going to come out of me that, but I'm going to say that's a stupid response. Um, oh, what the hell? The dude obviously has lacked some wisdom with the missing, you know what? And, um, that's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The, the stuff that I've, heard him say about David Stone and being first off the field and not doing this and not doing that was just the biggest joke I've ever heard in my life. Like, the guy works his butt off. He trains constantly. That's all he does is work. When he goes to camps, even when he's not repping, he goes and tries to get offensive tackle reps so he can learn different stuff from different people and see what they do against him as far as their hands and stuff like that. I've never heard somebody say David Stone is lazy in my life. In my life. And that he's to say he's a potential three-star is almost laughable. Um, it, it is what it is. The, the guy is trying to make 
He's trying to make waves in Sooner Nation. He's trying to get people to talk about Inside Texas, and he's succeeding. And I think us giving him the time of day is the stupidest thing ever. So I'm done with that. I'll just leave it at that. So on a real note then, Brandon, let let me give you one final question here. And that concerns the offer last night to four-star safety and Michigan State commit Reggie Powers. What do you make of that at this point in the cycle? Okay, I missed that. What happened now? So last night the Sooners made the offer to four-star safety and Michigan State commit Reggie Powers. What are your thoughts on an offer like that going out at this point in the cycle? I think Oklahoma is looking to make another push for another, you know, Lyman, I think that's essentially the <laughs> you try to make you try to go get if you think a guy can play you go get him, and if you think he can help your program, you try to do you try to do just that. And obviously Michigan State's got issues, right? Like they don't have a coach right now, um, and that program is in limbo with a lot of things going on within that athletic department over the last few years. And if you can capitalize on that, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong but in the business of college football you've got to do that and obviously i think oklahoma thinks he can play you go out and you you try to land somebody else and 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 maybe that's also to push the button a little bit with winary and mckinley you know what i mean like i don't know like, what's your take parker i'm interested here well, i just think from my perspective it's more insurance with uh, exactly. Michael Boganowski, because I mean, if, oh, if oh, this I'm thing... sorry, I, I said deep in the line, didn't I? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yes, it is insurance. Actually, I know for a fact that they're they're worried sick. I talked to Boganowski last night, um, and his dad, and yeah, they understand. They actually knew that offer was going to go out. I'm sorry, I was totally taken aback. I thought you said defense alignment. I was so confused there when you said that. Um, I'm also driving down the road, but um, yeah, no, that that. That offer, earlier this week I talked to a source in Norman, and they said that Oklahoma's getting a little uneasy trying to figure it out. And so I made a call to Boganowski and his dad last night and asked, like, where do they stand on things? And essentially they said, we don't know. Like, the fact that it was put out that he's going to announce at the end of the month, that's not even a for sure thing. And because it's not a for sure thing, um, I think Brent Venables, Brandon Hall, and all those guys contend that they need to make that offer. Um, they've been a little uneasy for like the last week or two, honestly, uh, about the situation and feel like if they don't make a move now and they don't try to go out and get an extra safety or two, at least as insurance, yeah, they they could be left empty-handed and have to go into portal and get a guy that maybe they don't want at the end of the day. And... I think, you know, that, that's where that, that stands right now. I, I do think that Oklahoma leads for Boganowski. I want to make that clear to everybody. That's, that's what I picked up last night. But at the same time, he's really focusing on his senior year. He's trying to make the decision, and he's trying not to ruin relationships on both sides of the issue because of the transfer portal, because of the future that it could, uh, everything could encompass, you know, as far as, could he transfer from K-State or Oklahoma down the line if something doesn't work out? So they're juggling a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, I think people around Boganowski are trying to force him to make a decision sooner rather than later. But I don't know that he's ready to get there just yet. 
so yeah, it's an insurance policy. Uh, I was told earlier this week they were starting to look around and scavenger, you know, different safety positions through huddle, and that's who they ended up with. So uh, I think it'll be interesting to see if Powers does end up visiting. Brandon, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. All right, thank you, guys. Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back, give you our thoughts on uh, tomorrow's matchup. Uh, Parker's ready. We can do final scores as well. How about that? Keep it right here. OEC Fiber Football Friday on the ref. Okay, here at Riverwind Casino, as always, great things happening at Riverwind. The 50K Harvest Winnings promotional drawing uh, tomorrow night. Come on out when you share 50000 in cash and bonus play. We have a big-time show tonight. The Showplace Theater is back. Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr on this Friday night. Don't forget, we also have a Beats and Bites show coming up in the fall, October 22nd, and uh, that is something you need to put on your calendar. Get your tickets now for the Gin Blossoms and Tonic uh, on the Coupe Works Beats and Bites stage. It'll be a heck of a show and a great night. That sounds like an awesome night, doesn't it? October 22nd, outdoors here at Riverwind Casino. By the way, if you're over uh, 40 or you're old, really old like me, and you're thinking about improving your eyesight, let me tell you about the new LASIK, or as we call it, lens replacement. Lens replacement provides a permanent solution to your visionary needs. Unlike LASIK, which, again, after you have surgery, a lot of times, uh, you know, you can be adjusting to what they call monovision or still need those reading glasses down the road. So lens replacement can eliminate the need for additional eyewear after your surgery. And the best part of the whole deal with lens replacement, you will never, never require cataract surgery. All right? So lens replacement with the new LASIK. It's a major leap forward in vision correction. So if you're ready to see 2020, then check out the new LASIK available at thenewlasik.com. All right, uh, Parker, we got a couple minutes left. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's your score? What do you think is going to happen? I got the Sooners 45-21. to 21. I think it's a win, and I think it's a cover. Uh, yeah, I mean, not a lot left to say that hasn't already been said. I think the Sooners are clearly the more talented team, and as long as the game planning and scheming is there, and I think it will be from Jeff Levy, I expect the Sooners to roll in this one. There you go. And uh, I am going to go with the Sooners to win this game 35-24. They don't quite cover, but you know what? For me, I I take that and run, man. You get a double-digit win. Uh, A cover would be extra special, obviously, and the uh, spread is 14. But I think if the Sooners, again, can get it done, uh, that's my tally, 35-24 Oklahoma. I think the over and under was at 58-5, so that's just going over. But, uh, you know, to me, you take that win if you can get a double-digit win, and if you can get a cover, uh, even better for the Sooners tomorrow. Don't forget our pregame show tomorrow, 7 a.m., right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, our Wendy Chevrolet pregame show right here on the ref. We'll give you all the insights you need for Oklahoma, Cincinnati, a lot of sound bites, a lot of analysis. It's all happening tomorrow morning right here on the ref. And if you're going to Cincinnati, don't forget Martino's on Vine in Cincinnati. 
The OU Fan Zone, our post-game show will be there a couple blocks away from uh, Nippert Stadium. And again, gather there for the pregame. And our post-game show with Tyler and Travis Davidson will be there as well at Martino's on Vine in Cincinnati. Parker, have fun tonight. Enjoy the game. And uh, we will talk to you again on uh, Monday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And uh, once again, enjoy watching Brandon Zerbrook in action tonight. I want to thank our friends here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Get on out here and enjoy a great weekend. Dining options. Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr show tonight at the Showplace Theater. 50K Harvest Winnings promotion tomorrow. Have a great weekend.